This episode is sponsored by the Paper Trails Greeting Company. Owners near and far, hear ye, hear ye. There's an amazing company that's dedicated to celebrating and encouraging every runner that laces up a pair of running shoes, and it's called the Paper Trails Greeting Company. This company offers something that's hard to replicate in a text message, and that is a physical, innovative, and genuine note of kindness that supports and celebrates every runner. The motto of the company is that every runner belongs, and each card proves that. The cards preach community among all runners, and there's a card for each season of a runner's journey. If you've run a new personal best, there's a card that celebrates that. If you suffered an injury, there's a card that lets you know that someone is thinking of you and that you'll come back even stronger. There's even a card that celebrates your significant running other. For me personally, I never felt like a runner, but then I stumbled across the Paper Trails Greeting Company and it inspired me to pick up running again. And eventually it made me feel like I was a part of the running community. Go on their website, papertrailsgreetingco.com and check out their incredible selection of cards. Use the code LACTICACID in all caps for 15% off your order. They also have inspirational stickers and PDF printouts, so be sure to check those out as well. Then follow them on their social media page on Instagram, Paper Trails Greeting Co., as well on Facebook. And always remember to celebrate every runner and that every runner belongs. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, sinks and inks, and welcome to Lactic Acid. I'm your host, Dominic Smith. If you've been paying attention to our Instagram page, Lactic Acid Podcast, I told you that there were going to be two very special episodes in the month of February, and this is one of them. This is our Black History Month special, and it is something that you are going to love. I'm sure of it. You will laugh. It went off the rails in a good way because we were laughing so much, but I hope you also come away inspired and I hope you learn new things from it, especially since their stories and ideas being told from our perspective. Tierra Williams, Aaron and Josh Potts. We had Matthew Parker and Kadeem Wim. Those are a few people who joined me on the show and they're incredible story creators, content creators, storytellers, they are truly gifted at what they do, and I'm blessed to call them friends. We got a chance to meet this summer, a part of the Magic Boost program, and their individual channels are changing the game of track and field. They're incredible. I'm gonna have you know, their platforms. We, we went over it at the end of the episode, but I will put that in the show notes for all of you guys to follow and support. Speaking of support, I want to thank you all so much for your continued support of this channel. It's been so much fun and the best is yet to come. Now, speaking of social media, do me a favor. I ask for a lot of favors, but do me this favor. Follow our page on Twitter, Lactic Acid underscore pod. Just told you what the Instagram was, but I'll tell you again. Lactic Acid podcast on the beautiful app known as TikTok. Now, I don't know how to use it, but I still want you to follow. It's Lactic Acid Podcast on YouTube, Lactic Acid Podcast. You can follow there. And then on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, just type in Lactic Acid with Dominic Smith. You'll find me. Go ahead and subscribe to the show. And if you would, leave a nice five-star review. And that definitely helps me. It definitely helps the channel grow. It helps more people figure out and learn more about the channel. And so they can enjoy the great content that's being produced as well. 
You can also find everything you need on lacticacidpodcast.org. There's so many different things from stories that's been written and all the episodes and all the places where you have access to them. So I definitely want you to do that. Thank you so much for doing that in advance. And the last thing, as you heard prior to this, this show is sponsored by the Paper Trails Greening Company. They have incredible content and they are doing incredible things in the running community. They have a big campaign that just launched and I won't say too much about that. I want you to go on Instagram, Paper Trails Greeting Co. You can find them there and definitely learn more about it. But also, if you go and you buy a product, A, you're going to be helping small business, but B, you can use the code lactic acid all caps, no space, and you can get 15% off your order. Trust me, these cards are incredible. If you are a sponsor looking to work with this podcast, shoot me an email at lacticacidpodcast at gmail.com. I would love to work with you. I would love to bring your brand to this great audience and we can grow together. God bless you guys. We'll talk soon. Enjoy the episode. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, Saints and Anks, and welcome to Lactic Acid, the podcast where the takes are fresh, the ideas are ripe, and that makes us the best in the bunch. I am your host, Dominique Smith, and today, if you paid attention to my Instagram account, well, the show's Instagram account, I told y'all we were going to have a couple special episodes this month, and this is episode one of the little two-part series and it's a very special episode this is our black history month episode uh cultivating excellence in our community and obviously striving for greatness and uh to continue to achieve and to move to new heights and i am joined by some all-stars i am joined by some gold medalists and people who are making a difference in the track and field journalists or storytelling and creative content community going to talk about some of the issues, some of the things that we've learned, some of the things that we see, and we're going to keep it light as well because that's what we do on this show. So let me introduce the panel to you, and I'm going to introduce it. If you're watching on YouTube, definitely check that out. Um, I'm going to introduce it from my bottom right to my top left, and if you are listening in, then you can just kind of hear um, as we go along. So on my bottom right and middle side, we have the legendary brothers, Aaron and Joshua Potts. They are of the two black runners, publication, content creators out from California doing big things. Yes, sir. To my bottom left, we have T, T Williams, Real Talk with T, now on Apple. T, is it on Spotify? Yes, sir. Yes, it is a brand new podcast, but it's something that she's been doing live interviews on Instagram, not trying to do that. So you need to do subscribe it to someone who knows what she's doing to my top right. I have my man, Matthew Parker, MJP TV. And I, on, y'all. I forgot the name of the running club. Is it the I Fly No Wings running club? A wings track club. Whatever. Same thing. Um, <laughs> No, Wings Track Club out of Houston, Texas. My man is doing incredible content there. Definitely check him out. And to my left, got my Florida homeboy, Kadeem Wynn, who is the Swiss Army Knife of Runner Space. 
He's definitely creating these insane videos. If you kind of followed us, you've seen some of the videos from our time in the Magic Boost program. Kadeem was the homie that put that together with his cinema mindset. Should win an award, I'm just saying. But yes, this is our crew, and I am so pumped. How are you guys doing? Doing good, man. Thanks for having us. Yes, appreciate everybody coming on the show, taking time out of your busy schedule. Today is Sunday, also known as the Lord's Day in America. Mm-hmm. So uh, usually we get started. I usually ask if you had to pick a superhero to describe whatever profession that you do or whatever the case might be, who would you choose? And so I am going to ask that at the end. So, you know, I must love you guys because I'm giving you a heads up to think about it. Yeah, I could prepare for that one. Hey, the gear started turning my head. I was like, uh. listen, I don't. I'm, I'm being nice today. You know, that may change uh, later <laughs> on. But I told you this before the show. I just had a big meal. So y'all forgive me if a brother is struggling and straining through this. If there was a go-to itis plate. So itis being, I call it a knockout plate. It's that plate of food like you eat on Thanksgiving. That just, you eat it. And then you're out for two to four business days. If there was a go-to knockout plate that you would choose to eat on for the rest of your life, what's on it? So we're going to start um, with Kadeem. So get us started. All right. Well, it's actually a little creation that I made a few months ago, kind of just playing around with stuff since I like to cook. Um, So what it is, is it's rice. And typically I like to use jasmine rice. Jasmine rice with some collard greens, but then you can get some onions, some some carrots, and you get uh, the smoked turkey drumsticks, and you just slow cook those for several hours. And then after that, you basically pull them off the bone, pull them off the tendons, uh, shred them up, and then just put it all into one big bowl, pot, you know, whatever you want to do. And I made that for Thanksgiving, actually this year, for the first time, and my my sisters loved it. My girlfriend loved it. My mom loved it. So my mom loves it. Then, like, I think it's definitely a good thing. Okay. I can dig it. Matthew, what you going with? Okay. So if I had to eat it for the rest of my life, I'm going to change my options for what I was thinking. So we build an Ida's plate. You got to start with the mac and cheese, right? You can't go wrong with that. Mama didn't put her foot in that. Then you got to put the yams on the side. You feel me? Mm. If we don't do collard greens, we do mustard greens. You put the okay. mustard greens in it. Right. Uh, yes. Then you get, of course, you gotta get either a piece of chicken or a turkey leg, and you know we 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 do it a little strange down here at Thanksgiving. My family we like to have some tamales, so I gotta throw a tamale on that plate, and then you, you know it's Tex-Mex. I live in Texas. Come on now, you know we gotta have some Tex-Mex in there. But to finish off the plate, you gotta have a good Hawaiian roll. You gotta put that roll on top of there. It's lights out. Shipping and handling, you're 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 out of there. We don't discriminate on this. I was like, "What the hell?" The tamales and the Hawaiian roll. (laughs) You don't. Yeah, come on now. I don't believe in cornbread down there. Okay, we got the cornbread too, but you gotta have something to stop up all that ozu. T, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, you know I'm from the south, so 
I'm gonna go ahead and get some southern deep fried tilapia fish. You feel me? Main course. Then I'm gonna go ahead. I'm, I like a lot of sides, so I'm gonna go ahead and have macaroni and cheese, baked macaroni and cheese, collard greens, and some sweet. I'm gonna say sweet, sweet potato casserole because I like yams. But I like sweet potato casserole better. That's gonna be my plate. That's gonna knock me out. Gotta have some ketchup and some ranch on the side to dip the fish in. Ranch? <laughs> that's that's a first. Is that is that? I, I, I haven't seen the ketchup, but. I, ranch on what? Fish on the fries. side. <laughs> I mean, okay. I can I can somewhat yeah. understand that with it being fried. I can somewhat oh, yeah, understand right. that. Okay, never heard of it. <laughs> hey, that's why I'm putting y'all on. So next time, like you know, what I'm saying, y'all know where y'all got it from. Me, put the dip it in a little bit of ranch. Okay, hard pass. Never Look, listen, never team. <laughs> I've never. Actually, I'm, not, I'm not even gonna say hard pass. I actually might end up trying that. But you won't have a tamale though. I, I I've had a tamale, but I'm not putting a tamale <laughs> fried chicken. You, boy, you need to come down here to Houston and go to Alamo and get you some of the pork and the chicken, and I promise you, you will change your mind. You'll have it at every Thanksgiving. Oh, I promise you I won't, but I'll try it. <laughs> Josh, what you rolling with, man? I think mine's pretty simple, to be honest. Uh, give me some mac and cheese, some baked mac and cheese. No craft up in here. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, some sir. sweet potato yams, uh, some biscuits that my aunt made. Not so well. Those are rolls. Those are rolls, Aaron. Biscuits, rolls. Roll, they're know, rolls. Yeah. They're rolls. They ain't no Hawaiian rolls, though. No, no shade. Uh, some <laughs> fried chicken, some classic fried chicken with some hot sauce, uh, some... Uh, yeah, some um ham, some ham definitely. Ham is definitely better than turkey all the time. Collard greens is something you need to have because you need some type of vegetables in there. But you feel yep. me? And then it's for dessert. Let me get some peach cobbler with some uh, <laughs> with some uh vanilla yes, ice cream on top. You feel me? Like that's needed, needed. Okay, I like that, Aaron. What what we rolling with, man? Man, y'all got me hungry, man. I'm on this Daniel's fast right now. You're saying all this food I can't eat. But I'm gonna have to say, since the, since y'all me and Joshua brothers, you know, we're gonna have similar things. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go with gumbo. We're gonna have some gumbo. It's gonna have it's gonna have some, you know, rice at the bottom in it, some black beans. We're gonna have crab in there, we're gonna have shrimp, we're gonna have sausage. It's gonna be like spicy sausage. And then you gotta top it off. We're gonna get some cornbread, you're gonna mash it up, you're gonna sprinkle it. On top of there, that John gone. That gonna have you knocked. That's gonna have you knocked. And then for sure, you gotta end it with some peach cobbler. Peach cobbler uh with some ice cream on top. You gotta warm it up too. Man. Toss me at the beans and the cornbread, but go off. Hey, my, minus the shrimp, that actually sounds pretty banger. That's what I'm saying, bro. Man. You on the Daniels dog, but remember the prodigal son, they had a barbecue for him. So um, <laughs> going back the diets. Yo. So, you know, they had a fish fry, you know, when he fed the five thousand <laughs> um women and children. Okay, I could dig that. So you guys went dinner. I'm gonna go breakfast. Ooh. I'm going some cheese grits, some thick cheese grits, some eggs, some Uncle John sausage. You have to be the South to know that. That's the, the boiled sausage that has all the bad stuff in it for you. Or some Jimmy Bean <laughs> sausage patties. 
or some hickory and applewood smoked bacon with biscuits and some preserves that should take me on to eternity up to glory and then i have to add this for dessert because that peach cobbler that that yeah so mine would be some scratch made one or two scratch made uh, banana pudding or my favorite some red velvet cake Ooh, good choice good choice nice piece of red velvet cake that's that's mine and here's the thing we could have mentioned so many things nobody even brought up barbecue i was thinking about barbecue that's true but the barbecues yeah yeah you you listen so barbecue don't have you right the next day all the time though that's the thing it depends okay so (laughs) it depends on what you eat so here's that's kind of the rule of thumb Yo. If you eat potato salad at a barbecue, then that's your fault, and you get messed up. It's your fault because I'm sure everybody, somebody in your family, has taught you you cannot eat everyone's potato salad. Oh, it's big facts. So that's why you know I I, I avoid it. Um, barbecue. I should have did that. You know, we could have gotten to some pigeon peas and rice, some black eyed peas, some purple whole peas. But, you know, we just need to get going because this could be a food related episode. And (laughs) (laughs) brother's already struggling. So this is Black History Month. So we got an opportunity the way I met. I was thinking about this. The first time I met them, we were all at um, the restaurant in Eugene. Matt punched me in the face first time Wait, I met him. Wait, me where were I was going for the handshake. No, and I socked him in the face. Yeah, it's like what? I owe him some money. <laughs> what? For what? Do you, do you, do, Matt, do you shake hands like this? No, so I was reaching out like this, right? And it just smushed. And so I was just like, bro, this is how I'm going to start off this trip punching someone in the face. Like, bro, All what, I know what is, is going on? My glasses fell into the bowl of tater tots and I couldn't see anything. I was just like, <laughs> just slap me. But we were a part of the Magic Boost program. And by the time this episode airs, you probably, well, the um, submissions will be closed. But I encourage you all to go on our social media pages. And if you have questions, please ask us. Reach out to Chris Chavez and the great people at Hayward Magic. Um, but we were a part of that and it promoted storytelling and track and field and diversity in track and field. And one thing that we notice specifically when you're in the media tent and when you're in the press conference and everything, there's no one, I don't want to say no one, but it all looks and feels the same. To me, that was the vibe, you know, that the athletes got because diversity is is more than, you know, what is the normal word. There's diversity in thoughts. And so we got an opportunity to go and present that. And so my question to get it started, and this is just a generic question that I'm curious, you know, what it means to you. What does it mean to be a black storyteller in this profession covering the sport of track and field? Especially there's not a lot of representation of black people. There's not a lot of representation of women in different um, racist and then ethnicity so what does it mean to you all and anyone could take it for for me i would say it means everything 
because that's the whole reason why I started reporting like track and field. Because first I'd have my vlog with my five other friends, my uh, senior year of high school, and we we're just like vlogging cross country stuff. And I still think like what we were doing in the small like community and like following that we got from that, like the biggest part reason for that is that was the diversity that we had. Like there was, I was black and then I had my one friend who was really fast. Like he got third in state that year in California. That man was uh, 0.75 black, you feel me? And then we had like three Mexicans and then one white dude. He, he was, he was 0.75. Like, why you gotta, why you gotta do him like he that? He had this specific number. He's like, yeah, he definitely looked, he definitely looked different. He definitely he looked like, different. Shout out Tyler though, shout out T Spence. But no, like, for real, like that, I feel like that diversity is really what attracted people to us. And like, it was nothing like you see in cross country before. Then once I started doing reporting and track, like the whole motivation was just the fact of like, dang, when I go to these meets, like in college, and I, even when I went to these meets in high school, like I didn't see a lot of people reporting that were like me. Then I look onto, we look onto like the news and everything. Like, I don't see a lot of people that have my vision. And I know that if there were more people like us in this space reporting it, like they were, my uncles would start watching. I would have cousins that would start watching. And I feel like once me and Aaron started doing that and we started meeting more people in the space too, like they started catching on and now they'll watch from time to time and definitely from the stuff that we're keeping up to. And I think that momentum's just gonna keep on going and going. So yeah, that means everything to me. That's That's what motivates me to be honest. 0.75 black man gonna get me kicked off the show and we just <laughs> yeah. and everything. he is though shout out shout tyler bro shout out tyler wow whoever wants to take it back i'll just piggyback off joshua and it's just like for me um you know being black is like that yeah that's part big part of my identity and um just growing just growing up being a darker skinned brother wherever i went you know we grew up in the suburbs wherever i went i stood out and wherever I went, went I was representing um, my culture. I always felt like that. And, I, and growing up being a distance runner, I was always put in these situations where I was the only in, in whatever I did. Mm -hmm. And um, as I've grown older and then, as I grew older and older and became more, you know, comfortable with my identity and then like our dad instilling, you know, that pride into us, like Joshua was saying, like, it does. It's, it is, it is like, it means everything in this space because I, I look at it and I'm like, yo, this is our sport. Like this is ours. You know what I mean? And, and we need to, yeah, we're on the, on the track, but we need to be everywhere. We need to be the meet directors. We need to be make, doing the media. We need to be everywhere because this is really like, I'm just, this is our sport. You know what I mean? So it's really important, important to me to first like push, you know, because we need to be telling our own stories, you know, we need to be telling our people's stories, you know, and, and a lot of just situations historic, historically, other people are telling our stories, other people are telling our history, and it's not, it's not told the way it should be, should be told, and you know, and if you don't know, if you don't know where, where you came from, it's hard to know where you're going. And mm -hmm. I think okay. that I think that's a, a lot of it too just in general where that like pride comes from and if i can do that within like track and field or something else i'm passionate with about like that's just really awesome i want to uh piggyback a little bit off of what what you were just saying um one the part that you were just talking about you know 
telling our own stories. It's kind of hard to think about it. It's hard to tell a story if it's not, it's hard to tell someone's story if you also haven't been there or have had similar experiences. Like you actually reminded me uh, growing up, I was in similar uh, positions where, you know, I was the only you know, personal color in this situation or that situation or like my high school cross country team, majority of them were, were white. And like, that's, that's fine. But when you grow up like that, it allows you to have a different perspective and a different outlook on life. And there are things that you are able to pick up and notice more that, you know, maybe someone else might not even think twice about. Um, think about when, you know, we were in the mix zone at the pre-classic, someone else who's there, who's, you know, been established and been there a while, they might not think twice about the demographic in the room, but you have people like us, we walk in. I know for myself personally, whenever I go places, sometimes it sucks to say, but that's also the first thought that comes to my mind. It's just like, like I do a quick scan of the room. Oh, yep. I'm the one or two people of color here. Um, So yeah, it is definitely something that, that you do pick up on that you do notice um, going forward. But like you mentioned about the pride, it also allows you to have kind of like a chip on your shoulder um, going into those situations because it's more so like, you know, just because I'm a person of color doesn't mean that I can't do what someone else is doing or to the, to the certain level, you know, I'm basically just going to, you know, do my job and do what you do. And if better then you know, so be it. But um, but yeah, it allows you to have a bit of a chip on your shoulder, and that's that allows you to carry that that pride. Uh, my mom always always told me you're not just representing yourself when you walk out of the door. You know, there's you're representing me, you're representing you know your sisters, your team, your job, like whatever it is. You're always representing other things outside of just yourself. Now that's that's real though because I remember my parents always tell me the same thing. It's how, you know, the way the world looks at you and the way you look at yourself should be two different things. Because like you said, the world is going to look at you as, you know, almost this monolith, right? Of, oh, he's an African-American, right? And I think having us all be at Prefontaine together, I think it was very eye-opening because we all came with a different perspective, yet we come from the same culture, right? And I think just seeing that, and having all these different Black creators with different backgrounds, even similar backgrounds, tell stories and be in the mix zone, you know, it, it made an impact. I mean, T, for example, she started off the press conference and brought the energy. She asked one of the first questions to the girls run the 800. And you saw how that kind of changed the room. And the fact that we all can be Black, but we're all different at the same time, right? Because I feel like mm-hmm. oftentimes they try and categorize us just in the African-American bubble, right? Instead of looking at us as Dominique Smith or Kadeem Wynn or as Joshua Potts or as Aaron Potts or as T, they look at us as, oh, you know, this is an African-American instead of the individual. And I think having us there is going to help change that. And I feel like, you know, we're, we're heading in a good direction. For sure. No, um, it means everything to be a young Black woman in this profession, to be honest, like, like hearing young black girls like come to me like oh like you look like what you what you do like it just means everything to know that they have someone who can connect with them 
and can relate to them on so many levels. And not just talking about black girls, like just the whole community in general, like just young athletes being able to see someone who's literally fresh off the track, who just was lined up against them and now have a opportunity to like amplify, amplify track voices. It's just different. Like being able in, 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 the, in the profession, looking up to Sonya Richard Ross, like I spoke to her about just being a black woman in this profession. And she told me like, you just got to find your voice, like find, find what's com comfortable for you and just be confident in it and just get better every time you get on, on the camera. So it means everything just to be able to look out for my co community and have a platform to where I can show what my, show what my people doing, show what everybody doing and just show, bring more love to the whole sport itself. It means, it means more to me than anything, to be honest, like to be, to be real. <laughs> I think what was unique is that you could probably name a football a basketball, you know, analyst or somebody who, reports that looks like us or you know has diverse thoughts but track and field you're grasping at straws and I think one of the we talk about all the time you know the coverage needs to be better track and field needs to be better and how they present the news well and you know how they cover events and you know x y and z but in this sport I think that one of the problems and any you know if you can jump in on this thought is that one of the reasons and this is just my opinion that this sport is not growing the way it should is because we're still coming up with the same ideas and we're writing the same stories and we're shooting the same videos and we're talking to the same people. The thing about the Prefontaine classic to me was, okay, we're at the, we're at the press conference and okay, fine. Shakari Richardson's there and you got, you know, Elaine Thompson, which, even the seating arrangement of that was just insane to me. How, you know, they put Elaine Thompson in the back. She's a gold, you know, medalist. I, don't, I know Shakari was the star of the show. But you look around the room and look at all the other gold medalists and silver medalists and Olympians are there. There's so many stories from so many unique perspectives that can be told. And it almost feels like, no one is willing to break the mold to diversify in the thought process. Is that something that goes into your minds when you go and tell stories? Because there are questions, T, you talked to Shakari. Uh, I don't know if it was the press conference or if it was the mix zone. I think it was the press conference about being from Houston and everything. Uh, Aaron and Josh, I talked with, I did a story with Abby Cooper and the first thing, you know, that she talked about is the energy that you guys had, you know, with the baton talk, you know, all that stuff. Kadeem, I mean, the way that you're able to break things down in video is very, like I said, it's a very, I don't know, I got so many compliments, you know, based on how you set up the video, the questions that you asked and all of that. And then Matthew, you're making differences in young runners lives, man, you know, doing what you do. And then you're working on college commitments and everything, but all of us present a different element where we tell stories and we tell stories about athletes and we bring perspectives to people that, you know, they don't didn't even think of. So does that aspect of it ever I don't want to say drive you, but is that something that you're conscious of, especially in the platform that we in, especially being able to relate to these athletes from a different way, in a different way? Yeah, it definitely does. I mean, just picking the stories I choose to cover and the angle I take it from, right? 
because you know you can do the typical route it's like oh they did x y and z and ran this time and blah, blah 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 i think i like to approach it from a human standpoint right where i like to look at the psychology too where it's like hey this guy's coming off the loss and you know he's really building towards this one goal and he's you know this kid from you know akron like lebron or he's a kid from georgia and he's just waiting for this moment right and being able to convey that from a african-american perspective mm-hmm. i think is extremely powerful and just the way we can break things down sometimes and the i mean almost the the vibe and the energy like you were talking about is different and not not better but just different because we we need all those different perspectives from track and field it's not just like you said it's our sport but we need to hear more voices and i feel like our voices haven't been as pronounced as they should be like aaron was saying where we you know if you look at black correspondents in track and field who do we have we have Adel bolden and we have uh who's our guy on nbc why am i blinking right now yeah, Sonny Richards Ross, Ado Boyd, Lewis Johnson, oh, Lewis Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, so Dan, O'Brien, Dan O'Brien, Dan O'Brien mixed. He maybe just be light skinned. Dan O'Brien. <laughs> but yeah, like think about it. we we have to think so hard for <laughs> black correspondents in track and field. And I think with the group that we had up in Oregon and the people who are going to come after us, I think that's going to start to change because. I want to see all of us at LA in 2028 doing big things. You know, that's six years away. But I think this generation, you know, this new generation of talent that we have that's cultivating can do something major and change, really change the trajectory of track and field because I think the sport is stuck in the mud, like Dominique was saying. And I think we have the right people to change that. Before, before T, you get started, uh, Dan O'Brien is mixed. He's African-American and Finnish. All right, y'all laughing at me. Hey, there we go. We got four. We got four. We got four. Oh, yeah. Not sure what all the technicalities tonight, bro. He can come to the cookout, bro. He can come to the cookout. I didn't say he couldn't. Like, I knew he definitely, Brian could definitely come. Damn, Brian, you want to come on the podcast? We can do that. You feel me? I'll just put and then there. and then to echo something Matthew said that I think is extremely important, and I think people – and the reason I think people think this is because they don't take the time to actually listen. Nobody is saying that we're better than anyone, but we're just saying, you know, we deserve a seat at the table as well. And to be developed, you know, like all of our other counterparts, instead of, you know, one shot, if they don't work. Oh, okay, cool. I gave them a shot. Go ahead, T. I was just going to touch on how you said uh, relate. Cause that's one of my like main secrets is that I love to find something I can relate to while I'm interviewing that can make the athlete more comfortable. Like for instance, like you brought up the whole Shakari interview. I started off like saying being a black young woman from Texas, like myself, cause like when, when you find something that people can relate to it, like it like opens, I guess it lets some of the walls down when like they feel like they have something in common with you. I was going to just touch on that a little bit. That's all. <laughs> okay. Nope, nope. So just another slight example of of that uh, going off what T just said uh, with the Potts brothers. I'm pretty sure when you guys were talking to Noah Lyles, you guys were like you guys asked him about uh, anime related questions. And you also asked him like like freestyle real quick for two seconds. So basically, that's just another that's just another example of, you know, finding things instead of like, yes, you know, ask your core questions, um, but then personalize it. Because when you when you can personalize stuff and really relate 
relate on a on a more human level, um, that's where you start finding the the sweet stories. Can I can I ask a question real quick? Who were you prepared for Noah Lyles to drop the bars that he did right after running 1952? All I gotta say is Noah ain't ready for the bars I'm about to drop on him. <laughs> right, right, right. That's all I gotta Hold say, on, bro. Okay. He ain't ready yeah, for the bars I'm about coming. to drop. You know what I'm saying? Dark the diss track. He ain't ready dark for dark the. No, don't, don't be writing no. Well, album like 16, 16 tracks about to drop on his head. Like you know what I mean? No. <laughs> What does Shaq say? Underdog, put that on a T-shirt. Okay. <laughs> Go oh, ahead. Yeah. Um. No, but yeah. What I, off everyone's saying too. Like, I th- when I think of things like I really like, like the name of our podcast is Two Black Renners, and like that is um, what's the word? Like, that is like very like a big deal. Like, white people don't even feel comfortable. Like, oh yeah, those are the two black runners like the fact that you know that just being our our name and the fact that like that's amazing branding because from now on we're gonna be about and they're gonna be like who are those like oh those are the two black runners because being a two black being two black runners you stand out like that's why that name that's why that name works so like for me i just think about being myself and being authentically myself and not trying to be anything else like i might not be saying my words right all the time i might say um but like i've been in this i've been in this sport before like i ran my entire life since like the second grade i went and ran in college and all that so like i understand somewhat that life that lifestyle and also like i i have an understanding of of black culture i am part of black culture so like that's just that's just different and like that's the reason why we're doing as we're doing and another thing too is like I just feel track and field is is behind because there's always it's been like this in sports like you know Stuart like the reason why me and Joshua have the energy we have and we are is because you know Stuart Scott you know gotta pay homage to Stuart Scott Stephen A Smith like when they first were doing their thing and acting the way they were on camera like people didn't people were, were like what they're doing too much you know what I mean and like we're we're black we're gonna relate because that's how we talk about sports that's just how we that's just how we talk about sports in our in our culture so that's i feel like that's just where that comes from and that you you see how how big that is like in other sports but i don't track is just so we're always track is just always so far behind in in that in that way and i think also like going off like when we were naming like dan o'brien Sonny richards ross and all those people i do think there is like a lot of people in media and on, like when you turn on the Olympics, you see black reporters. They may not be the 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 anchor all the time, like the main person doing the color commentary, but they're there, and the the former athletes are participating in it. But just the problem with that is that like track isn't every single weekend on NBC, so you're not gonna see that every single week. And then the most track media that we consume is through social media, and looking through social media, it's not it's not like it's not as diverse. As it, as it once was, but I feel definitely in 2020, oh my gosh, like so many different channels and people have definitely started coming out and we're definitely a part of that, that have been all like, wow, there's so, the variety and the diversity that we see in that track media space is growing so, so, so much. And I feel like that's been the great thing of naming 
our pod and like kind of being labeled as the two black runners because going back to your original question dom like i feel like that's kind of eliminated the idea of just being all like intentional on like what we do and trying to show people because no matter what like we're just two black runners interviewing whoever so like that's always there with it but i will say one of the best compliments that we ever got on one of our reviews is when someone was all like i love how they're always try to highlight the woman in the sport and i'm all like that's that was so big for me because sometimes a lot sometimes we do we do try and do that because i feel like it is underrepresented a lot of the times but then other times i'm all like dang aaron we just had a whole month of just women guests like i don't know how that happened but it's really just like those are the athletes we love and enjoy and those are the people we want to highlight and those are some of our favorite people in the sport so kind of just like stripping it down and really like like matt was saying like taking it from a human perspective taking it from a, a fan perspective like i don't really like a lot of times like i don't really i care what the audience thinks like most definitely but like i want to highlight the stuff that i love that i can enjoy that i can go on and talk about 10 minutes about just straight and if that's going to be about a thing mo joe said norris safana san atara davis like for a whole hour podcast like man you're just gonna have to live with that because they doing great things they doing great things so that was definitely so that's the only one thing that like i'll be conscious about a lot of times but by now it's all like yeah we just reporting on what we want to report and the blackness will come out for sure so i was trying to figure out because i felt like we were missing commentators so alicia montano or montania yeah alicia yeah. alicia montano okay my bad if i got it wrong alicia no, I got it right the first time. So ignore the second pronunciation. So Montano and then Michelle Carter um, in the shop. Yeah. But there are two things about what all of you said that stood out. One, I think it kind of re you know reinforces the idea of the track and field media should look like a Thanksgiving table. I, I, I think so. You need those. Yeah veteran journalists you need those veteran journalists that understand it from a different you know standpoint then you need the photographers that you know johnny zang you know johnny johnny oh. the what do they call what gq johnny or whatever <laughs> um johnny is climbing poles johnny came on the show uh and was telling like me a story about how he was climbing a pole like at the last minute and then the officer told him he had to come down or he was going to get arrested or whatever the case might be. Like you need people, but it was to get a different shot because if somebody's taking 10,000 pictures of the same shot, then, you know, you just, it's just the same picture essentially. Um, we need all these, you know, voices, these different voices. You need a Chris Chavez, you need, you know, a Dana and Emma and all that stuff because Honest to God's truth, from the Magic Boost program, from what I've seen to the moment that we're recording this episode, there are stories that I just haven't heard. Like, and there's so many different angles that I just haven't heard. And I think the more voices that you have, you know, the more you grow the sport because you're going to be able to touch on different issues and you're going to be able to cover, you know, different things. One thing that I am curious about, all of us, and I see T had to step away for a minute, all of us have these, 
platform. So I have lactic acid, you, you know, Matthew has yours, Kadeem, you know, Posh Brothers, you guys have yours. And so the one thing that I'm sincerely curious about, we are in a very competitive um, field. And so T's coming back in. So in it's perfect timing for this question. We're in this competitive field and we all have our struggles and we're all trying to change the perception and, and to continue to grow as individual storytellers, content creators, but also grow the sport through diversity. Do you all feel that we are in competition? Do you look at it as a competition-based field? Like we're all competing against each other you know, to be the best, or is it kind of a community aspect? Because here's the thing, journalism school, I'll, I'll keep it real. It was a, it was competitive because it's like, we got to get the story before X, Y, and Z gets the story. We have to get the breaking news before they get the news. We have to be the ones to get the exclusive interviews. We cannot be last. How do you guys see it? Um, I, I try and see it the way I approach track and field, right? Because I'm going to see you guys as my teammates, right? And just because you're my teammate doesn't mean I still don't want to perform my best and measure up to whatever everyone else is doing, right? Mm -hmm. So you're in practice, you know you have training partners, right? And so I think each of us looks at each other and says, oh, they're doing that great. Maybe I can learn something from them. Or, you know, you see the way Josh and Aaron do an interview or the way Kadeem presents a story like, I want to do something similar to that, or I want to pivot and do something different. I do look at you guys as competition, and it's almost as like a self-check, because if they're raising the bar so high, you have to match or exceed that, right, just to stay competitive. And so, you know, it's not a thing where if, you know, Josh and Aaron, you know, put out a podcast that does like 100,000 hits, I'm not going to be like, dang, man, I wish I would have came up with that idea. It's like, bro, they're doing it. And I know if they can do it, I can do it. And so it's almost like, you know, this reciprocal relationship where, you know, if they're succeeding, that doesn't mean I'm failing. But can that be deemed as competition or accountability? I think a little bit of both because, you know, it's just the way you approach it. And I do approach it from a competitive sense because I want, I want MJP TV to be up there with, you know, the big names in track and field media, you know, your Sidious Mags, Runner Space, things like that, right? So I do look at from a competitive standpoint where I need to engage the audience better than the competition to get the views, right? But if you see something that's working for someone else, I'm not just going to be like, you know, bitter and just like, ah, oh, dang, you know, that should be me up there succeeding. So it's always a competition, but it's never, for me at least, it's never rooted from a negative place. At least that's the way I see it. Yeah, I definitely think it's it's a combination of it's a it's a good level of both for competition and, and community because obviously, you know, kind of within within any profession, you know, you have people who might be doing the same things, but of course you might want to do it a little bit better. Or, you know, you're you're just trying to, to compete with everybody else in whatever industry that you're in, but say our industry, it's that's the competition aspect because you want to be the best or one of the best or one of the greats doing something. But you also don't want to do the same thing 
that everybody else is doing and you want to put your own spin on it. And sometimes that comes from this, the community part, I think is, you know, having a group like this, like be able to talk and be like, Hey, I saw that, you know, you did this in your video. Like, you know, how did you do that? Or like, what were you thinking? It's not like, I'm going to be like, Oh no, I'm not going to tell you how I filmed that shot. Like that's a secret. Um, you know, it's like, let's say me and Matt were both at the same event and we were both wanting to shoot like a highlight video, right? He has his way of doing it and I have way and I have my way of doing it. And so even though I guess you would say in the moment we're competing because we're doing the same thing at the same time, as we're, you know, maybe sitting next to each other for a shot, I could be like, Hey, you know, are you going to, are you going to be standing here? And Matt can be like, Oh no, I'm, I'm going to, I'm actually going to stand up for this. I'm like, okay, well, if it's okay with you, I'm just going to stay down here. I have my reasons for shooting lower from the ground and Matt might have his reason for, you know, shooting more above. And then at that point we can sit and talk like, Oh, well, like, you know, why did you do that? And I can be like, well, look, when I have this clip and put this clip clip together, it's going to look like this and it's going to look amazing. And then that's like where you get into like the, the teaching moment, which brings it back to, you know, the fine line with, or the duality, I should say, with competition and community, because you're doing the same thing at the same time, but you can also learn from each other and have a good working relationship with others instead of just having to be like, oh, I have to beat you or I have to be better at this than you. I would say like for me, right where we're at right now, I do see like, yeah, there's competition within it, but I feel like I see it as more of a community because like, I think about like, what are we competing for? You know, at the end of the day, like right now, I feel like we're all trying to like elevate track and field and bring it more to the forefront, make it more mainstream, make sure our stories are told. And I also feel like as Kadeem was, was just describing, like we're all in our own lanes. And I'm I'm of the sense like everybody can everybody can eat like the track and field space is a big Thanksgiving plate. There's so many dishes on there that you can eat from. So and everyone can eat. No one's trying to hide how to get somewhere. Right now we're at the point where I'm. My goal is to put everybody on to make sure our people are all up there eating. So the track world is you know getting its getting its due diligence. You know it's getting the stories are getting told the correct the correct way it's becoming to more to the forefront and then maybe once we get to that level i don't we got to talk about what we're competing for but like if it's for followers it's like bro there's so many people in the in the world or is it to be is it to be like the best ever i mean i don't know or is it like you want to be a you want to be um behind the scenes during camera you want to be in front of the camera it's like yo let's find you a place where you could eat let's find you a place where you could eat that's ultimately like like that's truly like truly like my my goal more so so like i definitely i want running report into like runners to be the best podcast of of all time so we in competition with with everybody that exists to be honest but like at the same time i'm not like if it's a track race like you're gonna lose something if i beat you like you're gonna get second place you know you might not get that that medal or that whatever but right now i don't feel like somebody's losing what am i beating you what am i beating you in you know what i mean yeah i guess you're definitely taking it more like a workout aaron you're all like 
yeah, you, we could all run this pace. Like you could, you could beat me on this tempo 200, but like, bro, we run a tempo 200s. Like, oh, bro. I'm taking it more. So like, like you'll see when you're done with running, it's like, all right, I'm training to run a marathon. You're training. We're all training to run a marathon. My goal is to run 230, but your mm -hmm. goal is to break three hours. So like, oh, I ran 230 and you're like, ah, I beat you. And you're like, I don't care, bro. Like I was just trying to break three hours. Yeah. Like I'm running my own race. Like, you know what I mean? Really? So it's like, it doesn't, or it's like, so it's like losing weight too. It's like, oh yeah. Like somebody lost 30. It's like, oh, I, lost. I was like, well, I didn't need to lose 30 pounds or like, I wasn't trying to gain and get that. I wasn't trying to get that big. It's like, we all have different goals. We're all diff doing different things low key, but ultimately like we were all working for something to be better. Yeah, I feel you. I would say for me, I would say definitely it's like 30% competition. And then I wouldn't even call it, well, it's definitely a community, but I would say like for me personally, it would be like impact, like 30% competition and 70% impact. And like the competition just kind of echoing what like Aaron said, like definitely like trying to be the best and like, in track and field like you trying to be the best like i'm trying to win like i really i really do want to win like that would be tight but like i feel like half the time like definitely doing this in the podcast like i'm not really thinking about per se winning like i'm thinking about like dang like i want to get done with this school day for i can edit this podcast for i can like or i can just i want to i want to i really want to get grant holloway on this podcast to talk to him I really want to go to Foot Locker just to ask people funny questions. Like, it's just really just having fun. And the impact of that is like, this can really, I think doing like, nobody's doing a baton talk like that. Like we see so many just like, so, like what's the uh, sidewalk like interviews. And like, why can't I do that at a track meet? There's so many different characters around here, like sort of just having like that type of impact to try and do something that's like different. And maybe it doesn't get like a million views, but maybe somebody does it two years from now and they're inspired by what we did. And like, they're the biggest thing ever. Like, I'll be hyped. I'll be like, let's go. Like, come on. The real ones know where that came from. Like, come on now. So like, yeah. but that, I think that's what it mainly is. Like 70% impact trying to do something different that people, I want people to see what we're doing and be all like, yeah, I haven't really seen that before. So like, it may not, you're not going to get it right away, but like, Bro, I'm 21. Like we gotta, we got a long way. We got, we got enough time to get it sometime sooner or later. So, I, I don't I feel, know. And I feel like that's kind of where I was, where I was going with the the duality of the the competition aspect and the community aspect. It's like you know what you guys are doing. Like you said, like literally no one. I haven't seen a single other person really doing things the way that you two are doing. Yeah. And so, to a certain degree, like you guys you guys are the forerunner so like you're having to you know take those chances and you know perspectively speaking fight those battles in order to lay the groundwork for as you said you know two years from now you could have somebody doing something similar they could be like oh the two black runners like i saw them doing that and like all of a sudden i really wanted to do something something like that and then that's where you have the community part because now you guys have have laid a path going forward you guys have forged a path and now you're just allowing other people to to follow and then that could breed into you know later down the line somebody has a different take on on how you guys do things yeah. but then the kind of like 
where the analogy we keep talking about Thanksgiving dinners is if you think about it, at a Thanksgiving dinner, you have so much of everything from, you know, you have your mom making this, your aunt making this, your grandfather making this, your cousin bringing this, like all of that. It's all in one place and one space at one time. But the way that that it each plate got to the table is totally different. Most definitely. Dang, That's I, a great analogy, bro. I'm freaking Thanks. thinking. I wish this show was sponsored by the You Name It Challenge because in my mind, I'm thinking greens, beans, potatoes. potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, like I said, I still haven't made dinner yet. I still haven't made dinner yet. Um, I probably shouldn't have brought. Listen, I, I don't care. I'm hungry. Well, I had a big meal <laughs> before this, but uh, no, I appreciate everything. Everybody said I can't look at it as a competition this early. Because the way I'm wired, I just I'm just getting started. Lactic acid is just getting started, and I've wanted this to be, and I and you guys correct me if I'm wrong. I believe that every person, and if T was still on, she had to dip. Um, and we definitely appreciate her. Follow her, we'll plug her at the end of the show. But every single person on this chat started what they're doing to enhance a product and to do something different am i wrong in saying that no no completely right every 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 single one of every single person and so i feel like you know for me i wanted lactic acid to be something totally different because i don't really want to talk track and field and everything like that here's the thing i'm i'm a thrower i threw through the shot put in the discus what do I know about distance running except that's what I do, run a lap to warm up or whatever it might be. I had a distance runner on the show, and uh, she's sponsoring this show, um, the Paper Trails Greeting Company, and I told an episode, my long runs are the ones to the refrigerator and back to the chair. Like, that's, <laughs> you know, that's me. I can't, you know, explain that, but, you know, maybe everyone doesn't want to always have to answer the same questions. You guys, you know, baton talk you bring such a different perspective. Like I said, the first thing that I was told was high energy. Matthew and Kadeem, you guys are more on the video side, but each of your videos are different than a video that I've seen 10,000 times from the same person, or, you know, there's different ideas, you know, behind it. There's a deeper chain of thought. You can tell that some creativity and effort went into it. So for me, I can't look at it as a competition because Matthew has helped me with this page, you know, with YouTube, um, which listen, I have to wait till season one of this is over. It's a lot, you know, to deal with because there's so many things that go into it, but I can't ask you guys for help. If I'm competing against you, you know, I play football. Am I going to ask the offensive tackle? Okay. What blocking scheme are y'all doing? So I can know how to beat you on the next play. I can't do that. And then I just, from a competition standpoint, I don't think I could cheer for you guys in your success if it's a competition, because, and I'm not disputing anything that anyone said at all. And I think this, this is kind of a problem in some respects in the culture because, and it's, it's taught, like I said, this was a mentality in school and it's in schools and it's in competition. You kick whoever you have, you, you do what you got to do to get to the top. It's not this truly this everybody eats mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, I just, I look at it and it's like, you know, if me feeling good means me 
having envy of my counterparts or being happy when they fall. It's just like, I can't do that. Um, and stuff like that. And here's the thing I want to be, you know, I want this to be great. You know, the Lord told me to do this is something totally different. He told me how to do it. People thought I'm crazy. People still think I'm crazy. Just like they probably think we're all crazy. And the, you know, the, how the road that we're on, but I think from a competition standpoint, and that's just me as a competitor, it's just something that I can't do because to, with you guys, I listen to the episodes and it's something it's like, listen, well, that's a good idea. And I think all of you would agree. It's not about taking the idea, but it's like, okay, that's a good idea. How can I do something different, but just as entertaining? Because that's how, you know, we grow. And so I have all these ideas and everything like that, you know, based off what you guys bring. T does live interviews. You know, I used, well, <laughs> let me not tell that lie. I thank God I went the print route instead of, you know, being, you know, behind the camera. So I don't have to do live interviews, let alone on Instagram. You know, everybody brings, like I said, something unique to the table. And just for me personally, like I said, I respect everything that you guys said. And I think, you know what, maybe one day, and maybe it's because I'm just starting, you know, in this, you know, field and you guys have, you know, more years and more experience. And, you know, maybe I will get to that. I started in 2020. Uh-uh. Nah, I ain't got no more years. 2014. 2018, I think. Well, no, 2019. I don't know. Something like that. Doesn't feel, doesn't feel like a long time, though. Does not feel like a long time at all. I'm just getting started, too. This this segment feels like a Sam Cook a change gonna come. <laughs> it I is. was home by the river, home by the river in a little okay. tent. Um, Amen. But in closing, so I, I have this last thought for you guys, and then we'll do ask you just a couple questions, and then we'll get the show on the road. What encourages you about what you've seen, especially this past year? Obviously, you know, Magic Boost is a big part of that. And what advice would you have for someone who is discouraged, you know, a minority that is discouraged and along this journey? What piece of advice would you give them to keep going? Um, I would say the start is always going to be the hardest. When you're just starting out, no one knows who you are. You don't really have a voice yet. That's going to be the hardest part. And whether that's doing a podcast or video like me and Kadeem do or an interview series like you, Dom, just keep going. And it's, it's going to pay off eventually. And you being Black is not going to stop you from achieving any of the goals that you set for yourself. Sure, there might be more obstacles, but you, you're more than capable. Um, you have a community here that you can reach out to. I feel like all of us are very approachable when it comes to, you know, either talking to people who are fans of our content or even just people who come up to us and say, Hey, you know, I really like what you're doing. You know, there's a community that you can tap into who will support you and who will, you know, give you encouragement that, you know, wasn't there, you know, say three years ago. So I would say lean on the people who are here and just know if you're going to start something, it's worth it. Everyone's going to think you're crazy until you actually do it but you have to have the vision and you being black is your superpower, not your curse. I like that. Yeah. And just going off of what, what Matthew just said, as someone who has kind of been in this sports industry and 
namely track and field industry for a number of years. Looking back, like when I st- when I started this and I was mainly just a journalist, just doing writing. Um, that was that I wasn't doing any video or any of the stuff that I do now. And when I started at that time, I was a sophomore in high school. And honestly, I just started doing it just because I can make some money on the side. And people said I was a decent writer. So I was like, okay, yeah, why not? And the more I did it, um, back when I was, back when Dysat used to have state sites and it was Dysat Florida, I started this mini series called um, Unranked. And basically what it was is, you know, I was competing against some of these kids while I was in high school myself, but I wanted to find the kids who, you know, maybe weren't the top five cross country runners in the state, but the one who was six and seven, you know, I would go and basically tell their story and kind of highlight them. And I think that's where the storytelling bug really got me. And it drove me further to figure out how to tell stories, one, how to tell more stories, but also how to tell stories in different ways. Because the the reason why I, I love video so much is there's so many ways that you can tell a story or like even just having, let's say like a, someone is talking about a personal experience of theirs, like a certain home track that they, you know, used to compete in, you know, when they were in middle school or something like that. And even just having a B-roll shot of like that high school or something like that, that just adds something and it helps, you know, drive the story forward. And so it's like all these years later, now I'm not just doing writing. I'm, I'm learned how to do social media, photo, video. Now I'm directing and, and producing shows and I'm having a world of a time with that. I, I really enjoy it, but it's taken almost eight years for me to get to this point. Like it's, there's, it's been a lot of changes and it's been a lot of stuff that I've gone through. Um, not even in a, in a struggling sense, but these things do take time. But if it's something that you really want to do and really have the passion for it, go for it. Like I'm, I'm from Florida. I've been in Florida my entire life. I went to school in North Carolina. Now I'm all the way in, in Eugene, Oregon, which is still insane. Still getting used to the cold weather. But the point is I started from somewhere because it's simply something that I wanted to do. And I had an idea about something and I went for it. And that's what I, that's what I would tell anybody else. Also, if you have certain opportunities presented to you, go for it. The worst that can happen is it doesn't pan out the way that you wanted it to, but it's better to take that opportunity and run with it versus sitting and thinking, you know, the, the what ifs. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. I, I would say for me, the most encouraging thing over the past year, definitely Chris Chavez. Shade Room Chris. And Shade Shady's Room Spanish. Chris. I was trying to figure out what, what this nickname was. Shout out Chris Chavez. Like the, what he has done over the past year with City of Smag and like first with like Hayward hey, Magic Boost and then just growing and steamrolling through that and then now quitting his job at Sports Illustrated to try and bring City of Smag to the next level. And I think it's going to be on that. It already kind of is, I feel like, but it's going to be on that same level, that flow track and runner space have very soon that it's going to be those three competitors, the same as we, for, for football, we see uh, NBC, Fox, and 
and uh, CBS is going to be the same thing with Sidious Mag, Flow Track, and Runner Space. I really do believe that. And I feel like he's, for him, it really just started from a pipe dream, you know, just going out, just what he always tells the story, like watching Olympic track one day and then just getting more and more into it. Then it kind of just snowballed into where he is now. And it's kind of, it's crazy. But what he yes. has done has definitely like encouraged me because I feel like I'm sort of like in a similar spot to where he started still being in school and stuff and having a little bit of that passion. So to see what he's doing and how he's able to communicate with all these pros and this dude, Loki, I feel like this dude definitely has a say in what things can go on and can reach. He may not, he may not have that much of a big of a reach, but I feel like he does. And he's someone that's doing it with like Hispanic descent too. So like he's definitely doing it different, but then I would, for I mean, anyone else there starting out new, number one thing I would say is just consistency. And like, that's hard, like way harder said than done. Be consistent. That's probably the hardest part of anything that you'll try and do. But I like, you just have to realize that like, what, what you're trying to do isn't ordinary and like you aren't ordinary. So like you can't do ordinary things in a sense. So like trying to do something every single week, even though it may seem like a lot, like it can be done. Like you're not ordinary. You're a weirdo. You're a freak. Like those people that called you that, they're right. Let's let's be honest here. You're kind of different. You're kind of different. Like accept it. Like and have that be your motivator and really get you to that next thing. Like the people that have been telling you that you're gifted for something, like they're right. And if they're not telling you that, prove them wrong. You know what I mean? Like you gotta have some type of faith in yourself and believe in yourself. But like having that consistency is like the biggest thing and just keep on trying and trying and trying. And like, it doesn't matter if people don't watch it at first. Like if you that good and you really wanna do it, like there's someone like you out there that wants to hear your stuff. Like I feel like definitely for Dominique, there's definitely throwers out there like right now, like in high school, that would probably, if they heard like your story as like a thrower to now, they would probably be like, dang, bro, like that's that's cool. Like they would be more interesting, more interested in throwing out and look at track and field probably in a different perspective if they got to hear your story. I, I really do believe, and I believe that there's still distance runners out there that haven't heard of two black runners or just runners, runners out there that haven't heard of MJP TV that if they saw it, they would be all like, wait, I really like running now. This is like something that I can really get into. And I really think, eventually it will get there but it's just it's the infancy and like we haven't even learned the walk yet but sometimes it feels like we run in but like we haven't learned the walk which is crazy it's really crazy chris man we we love you we appreciate all that you've done for us definitely follow the Sidious magazine networks uh post i'll make an instagram post for this but uh yeah great shout out great analogies too <laughs> i love it man go ahead aaron Y'all dropping bars right here. So if you listen to this podcast, you're really getting a bunch of bunch of gems. Um, I would say most encouraging has just been seeing like all of the change that has kind of been happening behind the scenes in the sports from like Joshua saying, Chris, Insidious Mag, to people doing meets on YouTube, to seeing all these different like podcasts pop up. We're definitely living in a because of COVID, unfortunately, we're living in an era where change has come about and these opportunities are, are coming. So it's very, very encouraging to see that. I guess my biggest advice, my biggest advice I would give to someone starting out would definitely be like what 
Matt and Joshua just said too, like you're if you're a minority, like black is being black, that's your superpower. Like that thing where people were saying you're weird or you're different, like that is what makes you special. And that's it goes if you're in the running industry, because I come from that running industry or the media space, like that part of you is like that is what really is powerful. So really like lean into that, whatever, lean into that. If that's your you feel like your culture, if that's like you being really into whatever anime really lean into that because that is what like really does make you special and another thing i would say is like you never really know where things are going to lead to so like really like don't just consistency is key but just say like, don't give up too easy because you don't know who's watching and if you keep going on that grind the opportunities are there and one last thing i would say like for me what i really like is like i I I'm a, I'm a, I get motivated very easily, but I like find those people that you are really inspired by and find out their stories and, and how they got to where they are. Like they people are really like Chris is a prime example of someone that is really laying down a br blueprint, like get to know Chris, get to know what, what he did and how he got to where he was. That doesn't mean you have to copy him exactly. But that will open up your mind and be like, wow, there is opportunities. I can do it this way. So if that comes from reading or listening to podcasts, even if it's someone like, yeah, like Stephen A. Smith, learn his story. Like, how did he become where he was at? And apply some of those principles to your to your life. And I, and I think that's really powerful, too. Well said. Yeah, it's all of that it, it is great, I think. For me, I would pose my advice with a question. And I was talking to a friend about this because she was, we were talking about a different topic, but I said, would you like to eat pot roast from a Marie Calder's frozen dinner that you stick in the microwave and three minutes later is ready or from a crock pot? Because if you want it from a microwave dinner, you're not going to get you're going to get what someone else put in there. Like you're going to get what they think is good. You're going to get, you know, the frozen aspect, the processed food. But if you put it in the crock pot and you let it fully develop, then you can put your own flavors in there. You can put your own vegetables in there. You can put your own spices and herbs in there. And so that's a hard lesson. I mean, because along the journey, you, you tend to get discouraged and everything, but um, it resembles life. It builds character. It builds toughness. and always pay attention to the hidden but hidden blessings in the good and the bad and, and have discernment. And I think all of us can agree on this. There's a lot of people that come in and the, there's a phrase that says, what's good to you ain't good for you. Ain't always good for you. And they can speak what they think is life or they can offer shortcuts, but there's no shortcuts in this industry. Um, you have to put your head down and, you just have to grind and you just have to learn what you can learn and just know that it'll pay off after a while. And one thing that I, I will say that I think about is that we all want to reach billions of people, but sometimes if you reach one um, and if someone listens to one of our episodes to someone watches, you know, a video, listen to T's live stream and one person is encouraged by it, then we've done our job and everything. So um, that's where we're going to leave off. And so I got a couple questions. This segment's called Down the Home Stretch. I'm going to ask you guys 
some rapid fire questions, and I hope that you can answer them to the best of your ability. Then we're going to plug all of you guys as platforms, and we're going to wrap this up with a bow. Are you guys ready? Yes, sir. Sir. Let's get it. Okay. Who has the most Black Force energy in this group? Which show? Which person? Black Force energy? Is that what he's going to say? Aaron. Yeah, Black Force energy. I did. I did. Yeah. Aaron, for sure. Aaron was... Man, spit that hot fire. Wait, wait what was the question between us? No, well, said you can do it between room. you guys, but the consensus was Aaron. But who of everybody on this recording who has the most black Air Force One energy? Yeah, I guess it would be Aaron. Yeah, Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, man, he's gone back and forth with Nick on Twitter. It's like, bro, this this dude's legit. <laughs> Nick. <laughs> Uh, I'm a passionate person, bro. That's all. <laughs> Wait, I don't, Nick I, I, <laughs> yeah, that's what we're saying. Nick who? No, I'm just kidding. Nick Simmons. Um, <laughs> Nick Simmons. <laughs> Shout out Nick Simmons. Okay. Uh, You're still welcome on the podcast, bro. Aaron doesn't have to be on it, though. I'm just playing. Just <laughs> Go. Oh, man. If you had to pick a TV character to describe who you guys are, individually as track and field storytellers who would it be Mm -mm. i'll give mine real quick mine is a hybrid between uh uncle bernie from the bernie mac show and julius from everybody hates chris (laughs) like i fully one day i can imagine myself getting mad at my kid for um, you know, spilling milk and just being like, listen, that's 27 cents worth of milk dripping on my table. Somebody better drink this milk. Like, I, I fully envision that being me. You mean, give me some time. Y'all know. That's a, that's a good one. That's a good um, call, Matt. I don't know. I guess for me, you said TV and movie, right? Yeah. I would probably say Iron Man slash Robbie Down- Robert Downey Jr. The only reason why is because I'm very sarcastic, especially when I'm around people that I'm really comfortable with. I I will have no problem just leaving a slick remark just to be funny. And Robert Robert Downey Jr. slash Iron Man kind of has that same energy. Like he's very very quick-witted but still very intelligent and thoughtful with what he says even if he is you know making a pun um yeah so i think i think that's what plus he's always thinking like 10 steps ahead and i'm very much a planner and so yeah rdj iron man that would be my i'm gonna say Oh, you want to you... go, you go first, Aaron? What? <laughs> I'll, I'll say, um, I would say Naruto, bro. Okay. Because I, because I'm just, <laughs> what? I just, because I don't I'm, know Uzumaki. Yeah, just because like. <laughs> yeah, he's just a very, yeah, because I'm just thinking like this dude is like, believe it. Like, I'm going to be the Hokage. You know, and that's like, you know, and that's if you listen to the, if you watch the dub. But like, you know, and I, and I feel like that about like what we do in the media space. I'm like, believe it, like we're going to make this happen. We're going to we're going to we're going to blow up. You know what I'm saying? So that's going to be my. I'm going to say who I aspire to be is uh, like Wizard Kelly, 
and proud family <laughs> just because i would like to be that tall oh, that's no definitely a dream of mine and like wizard kelly just like this man he owned everything wouldn't you want to be like come on man like wizard kelly was definitely living big now he wasn't always right he was definitely getting protested in about like three different episodes but i wouldn't be like that type of wizard kelly like i want to like wizard wizard kelly made it he a he black did. man that made it can't like, even see his sure. face yeah, I was about to say, have we ever even seen his face? No, oh, I don't think so. He's too nice. You, do you really want to be that tall to where nobody can see your face? <laughs> oh, gosh, that is awesome. Man, I want to change my answer. Can I change it to um, either Bobby? You know, he could sing. He's like <laughs> the young Bobby. Al Green. He's like the young Al Green. Or what was the sergeant? The one I was like, Quiet fool! Respect your sweet little sugar mama. Yeah, that would be oh, me. But, you know, I don't know his name. I know what you're talking about though. I love that answer. Math, what's what you got? Um, so I'm going back to my childhood for this one. This isn't like a physical character, but I would probably say Simba, just because of that journey and you know, making mistakes and still, you know, coming back and you know, rising up because. You know, my path hasn't been perfect. You know, I'm not, you know, squeaky clean. Like, I've made mistakes. But I feel like Simba's story is so relatable because, you know, he he had this purpose that he was running from, but now he went after it. And I feel like that's kind of relatable to me where, you know, I always wanted to do something similar to this. Like, I've talked to my parents and stuff. It's like, hey, you know, you know, I feel like, you know, I could make a podcast or a show or something. And I finally just did it. So... I would say Simba is probably the one I relate to the most. Wizard. My dad's not dead, though. My, my dad is still alive. <laughs> Love that. Thank God. <sighs> Wizard Kelly. <laughs> no, you don't get it. That I, Unfortunately, that answer just made me forget the last question I was going to ask. Superheroes? No, I changed that to TV characters. Uh, that's okay. Oh, well, now I got to change mine because I thought that one was coming. Oh, that's that's easy for me now. It's, it's got to be Deku, Izuku Midoriya. Izuku Midoriya. He's, he's, he's one of those where he started out, you know, meek and mild, right, kind of timid, but he had this gift given to him, right, and he had to cultivate it, and it takes him time to learn to master it, and he fails, but he keeps coming back, and he fights with, like, this spirit, that no one else has, no matter how many times he gets knocked down. You know, I, I definitely say Deku would be one of the people. Last, okay. Speaking of my hero, I was I was out running this afternoon and I saw a sign. It was totally unrelated, but my hero was the first thought because on one side of the billboard, it literally said all for one. And then the other side said one for all. <laughs> and my hero was my instant thought. I was just like, what am I to? And 10 seconds or less, spiciest hot take that won't get you canceled. Spiciest track and field hot take for this upcoming season that won't get you in trouble. Mm. Trevor Bermel is not going to win the medal. Oof. Not going to win a medal? Is that what you said? Oof. Yep. He didn't win a medal last year, so. But that, so okay, but that's like the four by one and an individual one. So he's not winning anything. Nothing. It's shocking that he didn't win one last year, though. Is that not shocking? Yeah, it was. Not for the four by one. 
he I didn't mean, win one for the four <laughs> by one. that's what i'm saying so we can't even think like oh i mean i would okay. hope our four by one medals but like and i hope he would be on it but there's a chance that they don't to be i mean i'll be honest i will i was surprised that he he didn't do as well as we all thought that he was going to go into the olympics because i was i was actually in jacksonville when he uh, i can't remember what the time was but when he ran the world leading time i was literally like on the sidelines and watched that happen so i was like Oh snap! Like Vermel's back. Like let's go. So yeah, I was I was expecting, I was expecting a lot. So that was that was a little bit of a letdown. I think he's coming back even stronger. I no, think. I, I think so too. I'm still rooting for him. Yeah, I know that's my. I still think he's going to make the podium. Who has the next hot take? I, I'll just say this. Like this is well. Joe said Norris wins gold in in the at World Championships. Okay, that's that's false. You just saying stuff. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Joe said, hope you don't listen to this. You don't hold me though. No, kidding. That'd be tight, bro. That that, would be that's how take though. That'd be tight. Well, guess what? I have this recording. So, I mean, I guess for me, I would say, I would say Fred Curley's gonna pull off another double. At like a, a major championships. Mm. I don't I don't think it was just like a, a one time thing that that he did. Okay. Uh, I got one. I got one. I don't think this I don't I think uh mine playing off Kadeem, Michael Norman is gonna run the hundred and trying to qualify for world to the hundred. Really? That's I can see though. Can you imagine a four? Or, or or let's say like let's say by the Olympics, the worlds that's kind of quick. By worlds, he's gonna be trying. He's gonna be trying to do the hundred. At, at, I mean, he at, ran at the hundred at Prefontaine, so I mean, that's what I'm saying. for this year. My hot take. This is a hot take. Area nine wins the gold medal in the two hundred. I love that take. That'd be crazy. At what worlds? Yes. Or what, are you, what are you talking about? Worlds. That, he, that could definitely happen. He, he will be the world champion. And Team USA sweeps the podium in the 200. Okay, so going off of that, who would who would, who would be your top Brown. three then? Arian Brighton, Noah Lyles, Fred Curley. Oh, wow. So Kenny Benderick is just falling off a cliff. I ain't saying he fell off a cliff. He just fell off the metal stand. Uh, <laughs> I already said that. I low-key said this on the podcast, Joshua. <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, oh, you gotta stop disrespecting Kung Fu Kenny. I love Kung Fu see, Kenny. No disrespect to, to, to Kung Fu Kenny. You know, Kenny Benderek. Y'all know who Mr. Beast is? Yeah, yeah of course we know. Did y'all oh, see no. Kenny Benderek and Mr. Beast video? He got no, ran down by one. Logan Paul. They were playing tag. And he got ran down by Logan Paul. Has no one seen this? I was thinking oh. of posting this on Running Report, but I felt like I'd be disrespectful. So I'm saying here <laughs> on the podcast, go look this up. Let me see what video this is. Hey, text, text, it this. In a, text it in a group chat offline. I want to see this. <laughs> he got ran down. It's like in the first minute of the video. I'm all like, bro, come on, man. Logan Paul, like, out of all people. You no, know they paid him to do that. I guess. <laughs> That's nothing but YouTube drama. That that's all we're gonna say. But listen, real quick, in thirty seconds, unless each of you uh, promote the brand, let me do tea real quick. Uh, let me get up on my Instagram page. She is Real Talk with T. You can follow her on Instagram there, and you can do the same 
on Spotify and Apple brand new podcasts. I forgot the days that she has live interviews, but it's definitely something you want to check out. Potts Brothers, two black runners. Tell me about it real quick. Joshua, you want it? You want this or you want me to hit it? You got it. You got it. All right. If y'all don't know, go ahead and follow us. We're the two black, we're two black runners, two black runners podcast coming at you every single two black Tuesday on all platforms. You can follow us on Instagram as well. And we also have the running report. You know, it's a media outlet produced for and by the culture. You'll see a lot of a lot of cool video content on there coming up this next year. But yes, appreciate you having us, Dom. Absolutely. Yes, yes. Kadeem, Matthew, my videographers, come on, come with it. Uh, for me, just it's literally just my name, uh, Kadeem Wynn. For Instagram, Twitter, newest and latest runner space, Swiss Army Knife. I do a lot of things and I travel a lot sometimes. There we go. So uh, I am the host and the creator of MJP TV, where we put track and field first. Uh, you can subscribe to me on YouTube at MJP TV. Uh, follow me on Instagram or Twitter at MJP TV zero and if you're into, you know, track and field content, I'm sure you'll find something you like. And yeah. Appreciate you guys coming on the show. And this show, Lactic Acid, brought to you, um, sponsored by the Paper Trails Greeting Company. New episodes every Tuesday between 11 and 12.30 Eastern Time. Follow the Instagram page, Lactic Acid Podcast. Twitter, Lactic Acid underscore pod. Uh, TikTok, don't know how to use it, but go ahead and still follow Lactic Acid Podcast. And subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Ooh, brain fart there. want to thank you guys for coming on. This won't be the last time I have them on. We need to do a hot take episode um, where we just do exclusive hot takes. But we'll uh, figure that out later. Thank you all again, and we'll catch you next time.